Uh, the reviews are in, and we're going to tell you what they are. He's Todd Vandenberg. I'm Rob Steele. And frankly, there's not a whole lot in the way of news. But what there is, is interesting. One of them doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because it has to do with WandaVision, which is you know not only not coming back, it was over a couple months ago. But they went back and changed something. Did, did, did you see this? And did you, I, I didn't get this. They changed, but I... It's in the post-credit scene of the last episode. Apparently there are two things they made or changed a bit. One, the trees in the scene are a bit healthier. Well, that's um, and apparently you may or may not be able to see Doctor Strange's astral form. That's what it was. And you kind of go, well, yeah, okay. I'm not going to watch the whole series again just for this, though. You know, that's what the fast forward button is for. Indeed. I, I, I'm thinking this could have just been put on YouTube and everyone would have gone, ooh, when's the second movie? Not till next year? Never mind. Get, get back to us later. Yeah. We'll have like eight Marvel films before then. Not quite, but several. I'm thinking that could have they could have saved that and put that as the opening scene for the trailer. You would think that that just makes sense to me. Who knows? With with all the shenanigans they're pulling in, in Loki, which has gotten really interesting, and we're not really going to say much about Loki because we're not going to talk in depth until it's over. However, it looks good. Um, Indeed, as opposed to. And I'm sorry, I cannot claim that Fast and Furious 9, or whatever they're calling it, I cannot claim that looks good. However, that series is allegedly over. So what is Vin Diesel going to do now? He's going to do Riddick 4. Yeah. I had forgotten Riddick existed. It's been so long, I know. And it's uh, been even longer since it was worth watching. I'll, I'll, see, for me, it was just the first one that I liked. Exactly. It's been quite a while since Riddick was worth watching. And it wasn't even a Riddick movie. It was called Pitch Black, and maybe I'll review it around Halloween because it's that kind of a movie. Yeah. I like I like Pitch Black a lot. But, uh, but yeah, they kind of... First was like, okay, and then the next one was like, there's a reason they haven't done a Riddick movie in a, a few decades. It has been that long, hasn't it, since uh, Chronicles of Riddick and then just Riddick, Riddick. I don't know. They're making a fourth one if you're interested. I'm not sure I am anymore. Riddick and the Big Red Dog might as well have been. Well, actually, another thing that they're making that I'm not sure I'm ready for. Okay, it's been eight years, but still, it feels like it's been decades. It feels like it. Ridley Scott confirmed this week that there is a new Alien movie in the in the works. Yay! It has nothing to do with Prometheus. It has nothing to do with uh, what was the other one? Covenant. Yep. It has nothing to do with those. Uh, there's also a an Alien TV series in the works. And the main topic of that is going to be inequality. Which... Between the aliens and the people? I haven't not. figured that part out yet. Definitely. I kind of read the storyline and went, I can't see how they're going to make, make that... It, it kills indiscriminately. Does that count? That's very true. I'm just saying. I don't know. Anyway, uh, other big news this week. We finally, 
finally have a date for the Foundation TV series on Apple TV. Yeah. Prep your uh, what trial subscriptions for September twenty fourth. Yeah, because that's when it kicks off. That is the first thing that I've seen on Apple TV that I'm interested in actually watching. Now I know there are a couple other things that they've done, like the the their, what their morning show thing is apparently very popular. Um, be aware, I can't remember who did it. It might have been Apple TV, but one of the major streaming services they had some big event coming out. Oh, never mind. It was HBO Max. Don't remember what it was for. I think it was actually maybe for Wonder Woman, but they cut off the free trials like the week before. So for annoyance purposes, plan ahead. Think maybe you want to get that trial. And the trick, the trick is a lot of times it's a seven day trial and they'll cut it off like a week before. So you're going to have to pay. So just be aware they may pull this little and it's not exactly a trick. I mean, it's they don't have to give you free trial at all, but. Just be disappointed if that happens. Exactly. Be prepared. Um, and no, you can't. You, as in Rob, you can use my login. Oh, thank you. Say that, Apple TV. But no, I'm not going to even give it to any of the other listeners. So sorry. Get your own. That's what email is for. <laughs> there is a new trailer for it. Uh, it looks really good. And if you've not read the Foundation series, honestly, I, I've, there's no point where I'm not going to recommend reading it because it is a spectacular series. It's a great read. And don't be put off by the fact that it was it's, ooh, sci-fi from the 1940s. That doesn't matter. You're going to read this and go, oh, look, there's Star Trek and there's Star Wars and there's right. Doctor Who and there's Battlestar Galactica and Babylon 5. Yeah, this is break it down even more and go, oh, there's Han Solo and, you know. Incredibly influential series. And and Isaac Asimov was so freaking far ahead of his time. Very, there's just a handful of science fiction writers like him. Well, less than a handful like him. But, yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. It doesn't matter if it was written in the 40s. Could have been written today and it'd still be very... Well, if it was written today, you'd think, oh, they're ripping off Star Wars and start just like you said. It's like, yeah. And and they're not ripping off Foundation, but they're heavily influenced by it. Exactly. As opposed to the iRobot movie, which was not really influenced by the iRobot book. <laughs> Oddly enough, it had robots. I'm just I'm just saying that's that that's about it. Um yeah. but yeah, the Foundation series has a ton of foreshadowing of things to come. Kind of like the first thing I'm reviewing. See, Segway, both wheels, all the gyroscopes work. I took a look this week, and I've only gotten through the first season of it, because, yes, I am doing a TV show. It's The Batman. Not not just Batman. There is a the at the beginning of it. And if you want to look it up, don't bother putting the the in it, because all the search engines go, well, we dropped that word. And if you look for Batman, my God, you're going to find everything but this series because it, I don't know that it took off as much as the others. But it might might have been a good idea if it had. This Look up Batman 2004. You'll get there and you'll look at it and you'll go, I remember this. This is the one with the kind of odd art style to it. And you will be correct. It has a very odd art style to it. But... yeah. 
if you look at some of the stories, you will see a lot of stuff that they did later. You will see, there's an episode that is very much uh, the killing joke. It just doesn't have, it doesn't have Barbara and it doesn't use Commissioner Gordon, it uses a different cop. But it's very much a, a an animated version of the killing joke. There is an episode called The Laughing Batman. Uh-oh, does it's, that sound like the Batman who laughs? Yes, it does. Does it end up that way? Kinda. Yeah. Only this one has a happy ending. And this is for those of you who read the books, because holy cow, that's that, that got dark. Yeah. But it's in this series. Um, it And it starts with Batman. Basically, it's not year one. It's actually year three. But he's still very new. He is um, wanted by the police because being a vigilante is illegal. Commissioner Gordon, not there yet. Actually, I don't even think he's there by the end of the series. I think he's actually Captain Gordon. You know what? That's fine. Um, we get the introduction of a lot of the villains. We get the introduction of Batgirl. We eventually get the introduction of Robin. Uh, the Justice League pops up around the fifth season. There's a lot of stuff that goes on in this that actually mirrors the original books better and I, i'm going to get a lot of crap for saying this better than batman the animated series it followed the storyline better which is kind of weird yeah seriously but it was if you can get past the because i know a lot of people got used to batman the animated series and then looked at this and went hang on a minute this art is kind of weird and the, the animation is a bit odd. The Batmobile might, for the first two and a bit seasons, however, is the, I'll, I'll, I'll fight on this hill. This is the best Batmobile that we've gotten. Because it, it looks like a Batmobile. When you think Batmobile, you think something sleek and high tech with a ton of gadgets and holy crap. This is a Lamborghini, basically. Somewhere between a Lamborghini and a Bugatti Veyron with jet engines on it. it it's exactly what you That's want to see in a Batmobile. And then they blow it up in, the, in season three and replace it with a McLaren Mercedes that has a five mile hood. I don't like those. <laughs> it's, it's bastards. It, it's just a thing. I don't, I'm, I'm not a fan of the six mile hood like they did. That was my problem with Batman the Animated Series at the beginning is it used the uh, Tim Burton Batmobile yeah. Which, you know, you, you, you're you driving the car and you can't see what's coming ahead because you can't see past the hood of your car because it's six miles in front of you. Not my thing. Anyway, The Batman, available on DVD and Blu-ray, and you know what? It's not even that expensive. Um, go to Amazon, look up Batman 2004. There you go. How hard is that? And you'll get some good Batman stories. It's it's different than what you're probably used to, because I don't think a lot of people watch this, but you know what? It's worth watching, so check it out. It's definitely a different animation style, but it looks cool. But it's fun. And more to the point, it's fun. There, yeah. Hang out. They even made the penguin almost cool in this. Almost. 
He's still yeah. really annoying, but and the penguins ever been cool is when he was Burgess Meredith because he was Burgess Meredith. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the penguin that was cool. It was Burgess Meredith. It, but yeah. yeah, the penguin in this knows how to fight. Oh, that's which is a bit weird, and you kind of go, you kind of have you're taken aback the first couple episodes you see it happen, and you go, yeah, what? Hmm. Yeah, you're so used to him having to have his goons to fight for him. Actually, his goons in this are pretty cool. And I'm trying to think, because uh, I have, like I said, I have not gotten back through this again. I'm not sure if Two-Face or Scarecrow are in it. But Man Bat, Joker, uh, they have a Mr. Freeze is voiced by Clancy Brown. Oh, that's lovely. I mean, you can't go wrong with, with, with Clancy yeah. Brown. And, unless can. he's voicing like Pippi Longstockings or something. Then it would be a bit weird. I think I would actually go to the theater to watch that, though. I, I probably would, too, because... <laughs> the, the adorable little pigtailed, frickled girl, Clancy Brown. Oh, my God, my head hurts on that one. Okay, but... <laughs> I went a little bit back in time as well for um, my films. The I'll go back to the oldest one I watched, which is not that old. It's 10 years old. Um, be aware, if you're looking for the film Harakiri, as in H-A-R-A hyphen K-I-R-I, this is actually also Harakiri, Death of a Samurai. So there are several films with that, with the title Harakiri. This is, as far as I know, the most recent one. I haven't seen the others, but this has a really good chance to be the best of them, because this is an excellent, excellent film. If if you listen to our show, you're probably aware of Harakiri, which is like a ritual suicide that samurai commit, although technically it's really typical. However, whatever, Harakiri. So a samurai comes to, and this is set at, kind of at the, the end of the shogunate era, and a samurai who's fallen on hard times because his house has... His master lost war, so he doesn't have a master, so he's just kind of scraping by. Samurai comes and asks for the honor of being allowed to commit suicide at the home of this well-to-do master uh, at his castle. Just because it would be better for his soul to die with honor here rather than just like, like in some hovel or gutters or whatever. And as it goes on, it turns out that this is a ploy that some masterless samurai, Ronin, are are using because it's like, oh, you know, we feel sorry for you. You know, and they'll just kind of like, they'll hire them just to like kind of keep them around because apparently one or two of them actually did that. So now this has become a thing. So the leader of the clan thinks, oh, yeah, okay, that's, that's, that's what this guy's trying to pull. So he asks him if he knows do you know this particular guy? And he says, no, nah, I never heard of him. He says, oh, he was from your clan. He's like, well, okay. There were like 500 people and then the retainers and everything else. And so, so he tells him about the story of this samurai who just came there a few months ago, who same kind of thing. Well, it turns out that that samurai was not there to commit suicide. He was there to try and just play on their sympathy. And he just needed just three euros, just a little bit of money, but... If you're not employed, it might as well have been thousands. And he needs some medicine for his wife and child who are both very sick. And things don't work out very well. So you go back and forth between the current samurai, 
hearing the story of the other samurai. Turns out there is a connection between them. Turns out there are some pretty interesting fights, excellent fight scenes in this film. Uh, if you've not ever seen Grave of the Fireflies, it's one of the saddest freaking films I've ever seen. Um, I can't remember if it's from Studio Ghibli. It's not. Okay, it's not from it's not from our our hero, but it is from the studio, and it's an intensely horrifyingly sad freaking movie. Well, this movie has some elements of Grave of the Fireflies, and then throw in Yojimbo with it. Really weird mix, but that's kind of the vibe you get from this, and it's really really good it's not like one of the best samurai films i've i'll take that back probably is one of the best samurai films i've seen i wouldn't say it's one of the best japanese films i've seen but really good film the the lead actor uh i'm not even gonna attempt to okay koji yakusho so i know i butchered his name he's almost almost has the screen presence of mifuni i mean he's excellent in this there's like and that guy is like a god of cinema. He's just like, he's on the screen, you just got to watch him. This guy is is close. I mean, very magnetic screen presence, really good plot. You kind of figure out where it's going, but that's okay because it takes some twists that you don't expect. And this is from Takashi Miike, who, if you ever heard of Ichi the Killer, that was almost his debut film. I think it was like his third film. And he's made a lot of excellent films since then. Um, let's see. I had the list of them here right in front of me. I have, sorry, Blade of the Immortal. Uh, 13 Assassins. This came out right after 13 Assassins. Uh, the Detective Story. Uh, Sukiyaki Western Django. So he's done a lot of really good uh, The Great Yokai War. A really weird, lots of bizarre, very cool flicks. Uh, Zebraman, Yatterman, I mean, just all over the map. He did a lot of the Ultraman TV shows in the early 2000s. Excellent director, very cool visual style. Harakiri, Death of a Samurai, excellent movie. I think, yeah, I actually like this even better than Ishii the Killer, which is like just a fabulous, violent, weird flick. Sort of, which kind of reminds me a bit of a, it's not futuristic, that film, but it does remind me of uh, A Clockwork Orange a lot because it's just like, mm, let's have a bit of the old violence in that one. But, sorry, Carrie, excellent, excellent flick. Uh, you can watch it for free ha, on IMDb TV. You can watch it for free on Hoopla, which is one of the digital platforms that if you got a library card, boom. Odds are you can either get Hoopla or Canopy, and I'm pretty sure this is on Canopy as well. So it's out there, and it's going to cost you nothing to watch it, except for a couple hours every time, and it's a very good investment. Uh, here's a film you probably don't want to invest in, and <laughs> that film is a called Crazy Samurai 400 to 1. Okay, so... Not the best odds. Yeah, not the best odds at all. However, the concept of this is it's the greatest samurai fight ever. That's how they bill it. And those are the odds. It is one samurai fighting 400 
other samurai and assorted thugs and killers and whatnot. And it's set up to look like it's all done in one take. Now, a lot of it, there are extended sequences which are done in one take. And it sounds like, oh my god, this is going to be great, all these sword fights. You know, the problem is uh, they, they bleed into each other a lot, pun intended. Um, <laughs> it's not... It's not hyper-violent like the Lone Wolf and Cub series, which I don't think I've... I, I've talked about it. I haven't reviewed it in a long time. I think maybe in the next couple of weeks I'll talk about that because that is, like, an amazing series. So you have basically one long sword fight with a few lulls here and there, and it just gets kind of boring because there's only a few sequences where the fights are really creative and good. Other than that, it's like clang, clang, slash, duck, Slice throat. Clang, clang, duck, slash, slice shoulder. Clang, clang, slash, slash, stab chest. Clang, I mean, it's just, okay, cool. It's like, I was about 12 minutes into it, and I was thinking, is this going to get any better? And it's not that it's bad, it's just that this could have been a short film of about 12 minutes, and it could have been 30 to 1. Yeah, not repetitive at all. 30 to 1 might have been much, much better. It's just, and it's not like, oh, top-notch, amazing action. It's good action, but it's just the same freaking action for like an hour and 40 minutes with a couple little, or an hour and 50 minutes. I have no idea how long it is because pretty early into it, I didn't care because there's really no time to care about any of the characters, and especially not the lead. I mean, you couldn't have two more different films of Harakiri, where you're really invested in this character and in the characters, plural, and then Crazy Samurai, which is just a pretty weak excuse to film a bunch of fight scenes. Is if if it weren't for the fact that it does have some cohesion, it might as well have just been outtakes from 50 movies strung together. It's like, oh, it's a bunch of sword fights. That's about how fun it is. Uh, I'm not even going to tell you where you can watch it because don't watch it. Simple as that. Again, it's not that it's bad, but there's no freaking point to it other than, hey, look, we filmed a movie that's nothing but fight scene, but a sword fight is like, yeah, wonderful. Good for you. More oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's just, it's, there's no reason, there's no, no way to get invested into it. I don't really care if he kills. 387 of the 400, or 405 of the 400, or one of the 400, because they're all just little cardboard cutouts, and so is he. So, if you come across that and you think, hey, this looks fun, yeah, it ain't. Sorry. Thank goodness I did come across another film, and again, this has been out for a few years. Oh, I lied. It's been out for two years. This is called The Outpost. And there have been some pretty good... Uh, war films come out lately tied to the war in Iraq and war in Afghanistan. This is one tied to Afghanistan. This is based on a book called The Outpost, Outpost uh, which is an account of an actual attack on an outpost that was set up in Afghanistan and really makes you wonder why the hell uh, so okay let me let me backtrack a bit. I teach reading. 
and one of our students, he's working on some high school things, and, and the term oxymoron came up. And I told him one of the oldest examples of an oxymoron, which is also kind of a pun, but also quite true, is military intelligence. Yep, yep, yep. yep. This is a classic example of how that's an oxymoron. They decided to set up a base camp more or less like in a pit amongst mountains. I, I don't know, but I learned when I was like second grade playing King of the Hill that you want to take the high ground. I'm not quite sure how the U.S. military didn't realize you don't want to be at the bottom of a pit surrounded by freaking mountains, especially in an area that's noted for mountain fighters. People who are skilled at hiding amongst the rocks and picking off targets. But anyway, that's where they set up this outpost because they're freaking geniuses. Oh, so right. our, our troops are down there trying to defend this crap hole. It's not a crap hole. It's the other kind of a hole. But um, just because they're supposed to. And then finally they get where it's like, hey, you can finally leave. We're going to shut it down. Problem is the bad guys try to overrun them. And... Okay, not not going to get into the politics of whether who's the bad guys and who's not, but the opposition decides to come in and try to wipe them out. So there is an intense, intense firefight. Uh, one of the attractions of this, other than the fact that it's based on a true story and apparently it plays fairly close to what actually happened, um, a, a gentleman you guys have probably heard of and ladies scott eastwood as in one of the acting offspring of clint eastwood Very and, clear, he, clear. and he was he's been in several films he was in the uh reprehensibly terrible sequel to uh, pacific rim sorry but it wasn't his fault he was okay in it Atlantic Rim? Oh, sorry. Yeah, not Atlantic Rim. He's in the actual, the actual tie-in, which Atlantic Rim might actually be better than that. Oh, Jesus, that was awful. No, it's not. Yeah, I know it's not. I've seen it. <laughs> but he's very, very good in this. And it, it really struck me for the first time, and I've seen him in like three, maybe three other movies. It's the first time I ever saw him in anything where he, there are some sequences where he sounds exactly like his dad. He's not doing his dad. He just sounds like him. And, and it fits the role. Um, he's not playing a Clint Eastwood badass character. He's playing a soldier. He's not like a hero. He does some heroic stuff, but, you know, he doesn't take on the Taliban, two-fisted he-man all by himself. It's not that kind of a flick. This is much more of a grounded flick along the lines of it is not as good as, but along the lines of Saving Private Ryan, where there's no heroes, it's just ordinary people, and they're doing their best to stay alive. And maybe I'm going to have to go do something that looks heroic to stay alive and to help my friends stay alive. So it's that kind of a flick. But he's excellent. Everybody in this movie is excellent. Mm, I can't say I've seen a lot of the war movies that have come out in the past 20 years. But of the war movies I have seen, uh, for instance, The Hurt Locker, which is Best Picture winner, really good movie. I actually think this is better than The Hurt Locker. This is a really, wow. really good film. You really identify with the people. Um, again, this came out in 2019. Really didn't get any kind of 
buzz at all. And again, this is way pre-pandemic. No one was like worried about, I can't go to the theater. So it's, uh, and I didn't go see it when I was at the theater because I'm thinking, eh, okay, whatever. Really good film. And, and it's a shame that it didn't get more play. It's, a, it's actually on Netflix right now for nothing, if you already got Netflix. And it's a really shame Scotty Eastwood didn't get more buzz for this because he's excellent in this. And again, you get that there were a few lines when it's like, ah, wow, that's Clint Eastwood talking. Sounds exactly like him. And again, it's not, he's not trying to because you hear him talk and you can hear him, but you know, you can hear echoes of his dad, but he doesn't sound like his dad, but he sounds exactly like him. And, and it fits that role so well. Really good film. Um, did I enjoy it? Yeah, it's hard to say that you enjoy war films. You know, Saving Private Ryan is one of my favorite movies, but it's not like, oh, it's such a fun movie. I can't wait to watch that again. It's like, yeah, not so much. Yeah. So this is similar. It's not as brutal as Saving Private Ryan, but it certainly has its moments because, you know, it's a war and uh, not not a happy time. But highly recommend The Outpost. Uh Really hard to choose between Harikiri and The Outpost for me. They're both really good films, both highly recommended. And frankly, if the only thing that you can pull up is Crazy Samurai 401, just paint a doghouse and watch it dry. You'd be better off. Yeah, your your war film thing. Uh, What did you think of the film Born on the Fourth of July? I'm asking partially because the holiday is coming up. But. Yeah, the holiday is coming up. It's a pretty tough, tough watch. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is interesting, an interesting actor because a lot of times he's just kind of on autopilot, and I don't think that's on him. I think that's what the directors want. Yeah, it's like, hey, be Tom Cruise, okay. But when he is asked to act, when he needs to act, like Color of Money, or Actually, actually, the movie I was, yeah, Edge of Tomorrow, which is an excellent action film, which has like one of the worst titles ever. Absolutely. A lot of us think of it as Live, Die, Repeat, because that was the tagline and that's a much better title. Although it should have been All You Need Is Kill, because that's the name of the graphic novel it's based on, and that's a hell of a title. But he's really good in that, but he's excellent in Born on the Fourth of July. Excellent. I I was just going to mention that film because I found out the hard way. Not a date night film. No, it is not. <laughs> it is not. We both kind of went, hey, Tom Cruise, let's go see this, and then walked out going, oh, that was a bad idea. I know what's not happening after this date. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, right. Fourth of July coming up, you may be able to hear the fireworks in the background because I can hear them because someone in my neighborhood likes to blow things up. Of course, because it's summer. <laughs> it's Independence Day. Is. Which is the uh, the movie we kind of obligatorily have to, to take a, a quick glance at Indeed. because of the holiday. I mean, yes, it came out in 96. No, we are not going to talk about Independence Day, Independence Day Regurgitation or whatever the second one was called because, yeah, we just – we don't talk about Fight Club. Let's, the let's, first just, one. let's just note – Yes. But if you don't already have Independence Day, as in the first film, it's, it's available like on Vudu. It's five bucks. 
So is Independence Day, and it's actually called Independence Day Resurgence. Right now, they have it titled appropriately, but sometimes, depending where you're finding it, the Resurgence subtitle is in very fine print or almost see-through print, and it looks like it's Independence Day, and you might accidentally buy it, and you're going to be so sad that you bought that. Pay close attention. Careful. Yeah. The first one had Will Smith. You can't go wrong with that. I mean, because uh, I don't think Will Smith does bad things. Mm, really? I'm trying to think of something he's done that was... Weren't we just talking about iRobot? Oh, that's right. He was the... See, that's how much I blocked that movie out. I forgot yeah. Will Smith was in it. Will Smith did a good job yeah, in it. Man. The thing is, or After Earth, he's done a lot of crappy things. He's exactly. always good, though. And that's the, the the problem is it's like he's, he's good. It's the movie around him that was kind of crap. Exactly, exactly. He's always fun to watch. But how's this? This Independence Day for those of you who haven't seen it. Yes, I'm talking to both of you. <laughs> Will Smith was in this movie, and it was a great movie around him. Exactly. This All was right. the launch of of the Will Smith summer. It was like it was just like clockwork. It was like oh yeah, it's summer. It's time for the Will Smith vehicle to like. Grant Hollywood his his presence and throw about four hundred or five hundred extra million dollars in their coffers and it worked for quite a while. And it, I mean the the just the cast Will Smith, yeah. Bill Pullman, Jeff Goldblum, Mary McDonald, Judge Hirsch, Robert Logia, uh, Randy Quaid did a great job in this movie. Brent Spiner, Adam, no, I'm not related to the other ones. Baldwin. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, it works. It works as a Will Smith vehicle, but like you said, the thing is, if you take Will Smith out of it and put in just some actor, or even take that character out, it still is a really good, entertaining film. Yeah. Will Smith puts it over the top, and especially especially once he's teamed up with Jeff Goldblum, because their chemistry, because they're so different, <laughs> really, really works. Yeah. It's excellent. Uh, yeah, this is just such a fun movie. Absolutely a blast. And watch it on as big a screen as you can. Hell yes. I, I watched it at a drive through which was weird. But oh, it worked. Oh. Spectacular. I know you're not probably not going to be able to even find a drive through anymore. But uh, they're still around. I know they're still around. They're just scattered. But it's it's a very good movie. And it fits the holiday which is coming up Sunday. I don't know when you're listening to it. It's two days from now for us. Right. So basically what we're saying is we've given you a TV series. We've given you, what, three good movies to see, one crappy movie to avoid, and a little bit of advice. If you're going to shoot off fireworks, remember people have dogs and dogs don't like fireworks. And also the COVID virus, yes, there's a new variant around. Even if you're vaccinated, the best thing to do, if you're going out, wear a mask. Otherwise, just stay home and watch a movie. Captain, we're losing power in the warp engines. I think we should be leaving now. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. Uh, and on that unusually harmonious bombshell, it is time to end. I am very disappointed. Man, we have a weird job. It's shameful, but uh, eh, it's a living. And like that, he's gone. Don't worry.
and that's the end.